With gratitude, we would like to acknowledge that Foundry Ridge Meadows is on the unceded, ancestral, traditional, and territorial land of the Keitsi and Kwantlen people. Hi, you're listening to Peers in a Pod with Connor and Jenny. Today, we thought we would talk about self-awareness as it relates to your mental health. Um, so yeah, I think to start off, I kind of just wanted to pose uh, a bit of a question. Uh, what does self-awareness mean to you, Jenny? Oh, good question. Um, I like to think of myself as pretty self-aware. I usually know what's going on up in my little noggin. Um, I think especially for mental health, it's been a pretty big part of, of my overall wellness and knowing maybe what it looks like when I'm not doing very well, um, and being able to identify that pretty early on was kind of the first skill I had to develop in order to, to get to a place of recovery or a place where, you know, my mental health felt manageable was to first recognize, like, what does it look like when I'm not doing well? What are, like, my early warning signs? What are some things that are likely to trigger me? Like, identifying all those pieces has definitely helped me. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point, too, because it almost can feel like you're just floundering when you don't have an idea of where you're at and whether you're in a good spot or a bad spot, somewhere in between, close to your baseline, it it can sometimes feel like you're just peeking around every corner. You're like, this is what's going to set me off because you don't really know, right? Um, so I think it's a great tool. And like you said, often a tool that people develop early on into their recovery uh, as a way of, of, you know, you can kind of sound the alarm or start to seek out some support, right? It's it's the way that you prepare yourself for whatever is happening. Um, so what what would you say was something that helped you be able to foster that self-awareness? And how did you acquire this skill? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's definitely like practical ways to acquire it a little bit. For me, um, I think I've always had some degree of self-awareness just because I'm someone who tends to like live in my head a little bit um so I almost maybe at one point was too self-aware uh but I I definitely think for developing like mental health self-awareness and like identifying when I'm not doing so well a lot of that just came with time and like learning myself a little bit better um if I'm being super honest, it, it just kind of came with time and, and as I went through my journey a bit. But I do think there's more practical things that you can do as well to kind of foster that. Yeah, it, it kind of sounds like you speak about it as sort of like an intuition that you gain over time of having to deal with the feelings, how, how the emotions like physically make you feel, mentally make you feel, just kind of running the course of of having those experiences a lot and I kind of relate to that I tend to be more of an intuitive based person rather than a a kind of a a logical pinpoint you know here's my list of uh warning signs and everything like that that I can pinpoint out I've made up for that weakness and, and now I've kind of combined my intuitiveness as a strength and also gotten some a little bit more regimented in how I I uh, think about these things. I I touched on it a bit, but maybe we could talk about some of the like practical ways that you can develop a bit more of a self-awareness if if that's something you struggle with. 
Um, so a really easy way is like a mood tracker. Um, you can do it in super cutesy ways. Like I've seen lots of people who bullet journal do it very adorably and they like color in different colors for, for what mood they're feeling that day. Um, but keeping that over time can kind of help you recognize if maybe there's like certain points in the day where you tend to feel a little bit lower, maybe certain points in the year, like a lot of the times people will feel in the winter, they tend to decline a little bit. So I think literally keeping like a physical mood tracker could help even just jotting down. Like if you have a situation where you're like, oh, I feel like this situation made me feel really rough. You can maybe kind of jot that down. Um, in like a little notebook or even in your notes app on your phone. Yeah, it starts to get into the area of mindfulness. I feel like, you know, being using some noticing strategies, like you said, about when a situation makes you feel uncomfortable or when you're exposed to A, you know, you react with with B kind of helps, I think, um, just kind of nail down what exactly is going on for you in a day-to-day basis that's contributing to what a lot of people are feeling as, you know, their anxious moods and and depressive spirals and stuff like that and kind of seeing where those start so that you can be proactive about taking care of yourself. Something that I noticed was um, my mom would very regularly ask so much and I think a lot of people can relate to this. They'll be like, are you okay? Are you okay? And you start to get it like three, four times a day. Are you okay? And then you, you kind of internalize and you look in and be like am i okay because every time she asks i'm like yes i'm fine can you stop asking me now it was <laughs> yeah. is always my response but usually by like the third or fourth time i'm like maybe she has a point i i don't think i'm feeling you know quite 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah and i think that is a practical way to keep track of it too is like have like asking your support system like what are some of the things you maybe notice in me when i'm not doing as well because um, sometimes that like outside perspective, they might notice before you do. Um, and it, it gets into something of like looking at what some of these early warning signs are, early warning signs that maybe you're you're heading into a space where you're not feeling great or where your mental health isn't doing very well. Um, what do some of those early warning signs look like for you? And I mean, like Connor, you mentioned for you, it's maybe your mom asking you a million times, are you okay? And maybe those other people in your life noticing um, that something is off. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of warning signs, there's a bunch. I, I'm an emotional eater and I notice very specifically I'll eat just junk food, like terribleness, um, late at night specifically, because that tends to be, I've as I've learned through self-awareness, um, I tend to be kind of like a, a very cyclical thinker. Um, and then I just kind of overthink about the same thing. It doesn't really go anywhere or progress in any sort of meaningful direction. And then it can be like tiring, makes me anxious. Uh, so I tend to just go like, ooh, what's this? Some Oreos, some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Have a bowl of cereal at one in the morning. What's wrong with that, right? Um, and then after a while, you just kind of like, there's a, there's probably a lot that's not very good with that. Um, so again, that's kind of my, one of my go-to warning signs that I tend to recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think appetite can be a big warning sign for a lot of people, either an increase in appetite or eating unhealthy things or the opposite where your appetite decreases, you're not eating enough, um, I think are both early warning signs. I know for me, like sleep is usually an early warning sign. Usually for me, it's sleeping a lot. Um, So if I'm at the point where I'm sleeping like 12 hours a night, 
things are not going well um, or not sleeping enough is another one where maybe I'm tossing and turning all night and I'm not feeling like I'm able to get kind of a restful sleep. So again, like going back to mood trackers, you can also track your sleep and track how you're doing if that is a, a warning sign for you. Mm-hmm. And now that we're kind of, you know, talking about warning signs, I'm I'm just noticing like in general, I think you can, a good tip or, or way to maybe notice some of these warning signs is think about what an average day looks like for you with the things that you need to do during a day. You know, we talked about eating, we talked about sleeping, things that that are absolutely like a must to be present in your day and how are they irregular, I think is, is a good way to kind of start to zero in on what things might look like for you because it's going to be a really unique and personalized experience with everybody. You know, when, when you're having an off day, it totally looks different from somebody else's having an off day, right? It's It's definitely very unique to the person mm-hmm. yeah and i mean yeah definitely reflecting on daily tasks is like one good way to to catch a few early warning signs because i know often for me and for other people who maybe struggle with depression early warning signs usually are like maybe not keeping up with hygiene maybe not keeping up with cleaning your room brushing your hair like those kinds of things um sleep is another big one for those that we talked about earlier appetite's another big one that we talked about earlier so yeah i think paying attention to some of those those daily tasks and and your ability to keep up with them is probably a good uh measure of how you're doing i also find um keeping track of my mood is like a good one like i get really really irritable when i'm starting to down spiral or when i'm not heading to a good place um, I get a little a little cranky and unpleasant to be around. Yeah. So as as part of that, as recognizing your warning signs, when when is it reaching a point that you should look to somebody else and be like, hey, I need some support? Or like when do you start breaking out your tips and tricks for how to help yourself? Like I think there are the strength of developing self-awareness is the ability to be proactive before it gets too bad that you're either in crisis or you become um, so overburdened by the degradation of your emotional well-being that it, you start to become non-functional. Mm-hmm. I think you hit that point exactly, that it's being proactive before you hit a point of crisis or before you hit a point where things are really severe, that's why it's great to have that self-awareness and, and to catch yourself really early on. Um, and, and my advice and what I've done is created kind of a list of go-to strategies, um, like a list of things that I know encourage mental wellness for me and, and to make me feel better. And I'll, I'll work my way through the list, you know, and some days where I may be just having a slightly off day one of the first things on my list might work um, and other days it might be having to reach out to somebody, reach out to my counselor, reach out to somebody I trust in my life. And I think it's never too early in these warning signs to reach out for support or reach out for some extra help. Yeah. And I think we, in talking about the importance of self-awareness, right, obviously being proactive is is one of them, but I think it gives you some certain amount of control that you can exert over your own well-being so like for example when when you're noticing that maybe your room's starting to get a little bit more messy or you know you're you're for me i'm eating late at night having 
as difficult as it may be, enough, if you catch it early enough, you can still have the effort and energy to expend about challenging yourselves in, in, in that moment, right? I'm going to clean my room today because I recognize that it's something that tends to fall to the wayside when I'm feeling bad. If I push myself to do it, I can possibly feel some sense of accomplishment and exert some control over that aspect of my life, right? Just kind of retake it, it back from however I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Or for me, just exert that willpower when those 1 a.m. munchies come around, reach for a piece of fruit or something like that, or or just kind of a nice glass of water and, and try and center yourself around, you know, I'm in control. The spiral is not in control of me. Mm-hmm. I am in control. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the other piece too sometimes can be maybe there's times you're not in control of the spiral um, because that happens as well, but it can also maybe help you prepare for the spiral, Mm -hmm. make it a little less bad. So, you know, if you know that when you're struggling, hygiene is something that's really hard for you to keep up with, maybe you get a, you buy a pack of baby wipes that you can keep beside your bed and you buy some mouthwash that you can keep beside your bed. And maybe like for me, I'll like French braid my hair so that I don't need to deal with it. Like, you know, maybe it is those small pieces to prep for for a period where you're really struggling to make it a bit more manageable um i think is also a great opportunity yeah so uh, something that you brought up a couple times now is the like the mood board or or the mood journal right just kind of tracking that i and it got me thinking about the benefit both of having that for when you're noticing uh, how you know maybe something's affecting you negatively, but it also seems like it's a great tool for um, tracking positive change too, right? Using that mood journal to be like, you know, I was feeling kind of bad today, then this happened and it brightened up my whole day or it made me feel better even for a second, right? I think it's a great opportunity to just track in general how you fluctuate as a person and what is contributing to that, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point because definitely it can also help you identify those pieces in your life that are really positive or that do bring you, like you say, even a moment of joy Um, because that can sometimes be hard to recognize and hard to figure out as well. Um, And I think like the other piece about self-awareness as we're talking about the more positive side is self-awareness can also encourage you to recognize your own resilience and your own ability as a human being. Like I think for me, that's been a huge part of, of like recovery and getting to a place where I'm really mentally well is recognizing like even if I enter a period where I'm really struggling or where I'm having a hard time, I have that self-awareness to know that I've gotten through it before and so I can do it again. I've survived it before, I can survive it again. And so I think even that self-awareness of like your own abilities and your own resilience can be really positive. Yeah, because that's that's a big thing. I feel like a lot of people when, especially if they've just overcome something for maybe the first time, it can be almost a triggering experience to have some of those feelings crop up again of like, I've, I've, this feels familiar. I don't think I'm doing well again. What do I do? It was so bad last time. Right. But being able to develop a different perspective perhaps, right. And gain that self-awareness, um, allows that resilience to kind of come to the forefront and help you in, you know, maybe this, maybe this is a worse time than what you experienced before. Right. Or maybe it's the same, but whatever the case is, you're more resilient now than you were before, right? You hit that, that nail on the head with that. Um, 
and just being able to take things as they come and prepare for what may come next, I think all kind of wraps itself around with the idea that you know yourself the best and you can only keep improving on that if you're if you're putting in the effort, right? Um, talking to your support network about what you're like is important for sure. I think there's also a lot to be gained in those quiet moments with yourself though. And that's kind of now where I'm thinking about how for a little bit when I was doing meditation and, and things like that and just whatever that looks like for you. Because I know a lot of people have various opinions on meditation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. you know, as plainly put, quiet moments by yourself where you just take the time to reflect. You can write stuff down. You can just think if you're more of just a in-your-head type of a person. But there's a lot of distractions on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like removing those giving yourself the chance to think about a lot of those things that you tend to distract yourself from um are it's scary because those thoughts you're distracting yourself for a reason because you don't want to uh either face them or whatever's going on but it's important i think to recognize that there's parts of yourself that need to be tended to tended to as well and only you can really support yourself in some of these ways Mm -hmm. I like that you point that out because I was thinking too, the self-awareness almost leads into like trusting yourself a little bit more, trusting your own mind a little bit more. I do think there's a huge piece when you're really struggling of almost being like, you know, you said it like scared of your own thoughts, scared of what's going on because it can be really frightening and really overwhelming and we definitely have a tendency to avoid and sometimes distraction avoiding is okay. Like sometimes if that's what you need, that's what you need. But I do think, like you said, there's something to be said and an importance to having those moments with yourself where you're processing, recognizing how you're feeling, recognizing what you're needing. Um, That's also really important. So self-awareness and knowing our warning signs can help us recognize when we're entering kind of a worse period for our mental health I think another good thing to be aware of is maybe what some of your triggers are sometimes um, a difficult period can come out of nowhere there's not always necessarily a trigger um, but it's also good to be aware of what are some of the things that trigger us and maybe make us more likely to enter um, a space where we're not doing so well for me I I don't know if it necessarily qualifies as a trigger, but I certainly notice um, when I'm around like a lot of people and it's gotten better over the years. And now I think my my upper maximum is like maybe like 50 plus people. Um, I can usually handle those situations okay now, whereas before uh, when I was kind of at a very low point, I would not be able to even go to an event like that with that many people. But now I can kind of get through it. Um, But I notice like the day after it's like an aftershock and I'm like so withdrawn. I'm so like over it. And sometimes I can even have like a panic attack the day after that at social event and kind of through recognizing that and and living through those experiences uh, more and more and becoming more self-aware of them. I've kind of connected the dots that, you know, they're related and me as, as an introvert, my social battery gets spent. So now going into that and knowing that that's something that happens for me, there is that sort of nervous trigger of when I do have to attend events like that with a lot of people that I'm like, I'm either going to feel bad during it or I'm going to feel bad afterwards, right? So I usually tend to proactively prepare a lot of stuff either that I can do the day after that makes me feel better or, you know, 
the, right before the social event have a peptobismol because you know <laughs> that's a, a nervous uh physical manifestation for me is an upset stomach for sure um and that also seems to trigger me as well when i feel that way i'm like this is not good yeah i mean i think that's a great example of a situation that for you is triggering and i also um appreciate how you went into how do you prep for that a little bit um because you know sometimes we're in a position where we can avoid triggering events sometimes we can't you know sometimes there are things that that we need to face um and that are kind of unavoidable in our daily life like if being at school is triggering for you and that's something you have to do every day (laughs) you know you can't necessarily always avoid that so being prepared for it um is a really great great strategy and being aware of what it is too um, the same way it's important to be aware of warning signs, it's important to be aware of, like, what is triggering for me and what does kind of, like, set me off and what are situations where I tend to not do well. Like, I can speak for myself in that a lot of free time and boredom is very, very triggering for me. It's not good for me to have too much idle time. Um, I need to have some kind of goal that I'm working on or some kind of enjoyable task that I'm doing. Um And a little bit of quiet time is okay, but when it's like extended periods of time, I know that's a situation where I really struggle. Um, So I think being aware of those things is really helpful. Yeah. So I would definitely like to know, um, I think we're going to be able to have some feedback coming for podcast stuff soon. Uh, In the future, we'll be trying to curate questions that um, anybody who's listening might have for us. So I'd be interested to know what some people's triggering events would be like. Um, And then we can kind of maybe like talk through a little bit of what our approaches and stuff would be to them. Um, But uh, just for in the future, that's something that might come up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or any any topics you want to hear us talk about or or anything specific you're interested in. I think we would love to hear the feedback. Um, You can probably for the time being just share that feedback through Instagram DMs to Foundry Ridge Meadows, I think would probably be a good way to send some of that feedback. Um, maybe eventually we'll have like a podcast email or, or something that you can contact. But for now, I think just going on our Instagram is a great way to give some feedback or some questions or, or topics that you're really interested in. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Peers in a Pod. I've been Connor. That's Jenny. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>